Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Today we have Chris Bennett with me. Chris is the founder and CEO of a company called Wonder School, who is figuring out new and innovative ways to provide childcare in places that it's desperately needed. I did warn Chris that as a parent of a three-year-old, I may lean into my dad hat from time to time in this conversation. Looking forward to it, Chris. Welcome to Trending in Education. So exciting to be here. Thank you so much. They have said that the TED stage is really just an entry portal to guesting on Trending in Education. You again, it's the first step. (laughs) Demonstrated that, but really will want to get into what it was like. You just were recently on the TED stage. That's the TED stage. There's no X in there, just straight up TED, which is the real deal. We'll get into that in, in, in a minute. We always begin with our rite of passage, asking our guests to tell us their origin story. How did you get to this point in your professional life? Ultimately, spoiler alert, it may wind up on the TED stage. But yeah, let us know uh, how you wound up at this point in your career. Again, Michael, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. My parents are immigrants from Honduras. And growing up, I went to a home-based childcare program. The childcare program we talk about on the TED Talk, the OLEAS program. And in that program, I had a great experience. I eventually, you know, went to middle school, went to high school, was the first in my family to graduate from college. And I went to college because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was really interested in learning about business. And I went to the Wharton School of Business, which isn't really a big entrepreneurial school or wasn't one at the time, but I learned a lot there. And then I eventually made my way to the Bay Area. And in the Bay, I kept hearing from my friends that they were having a hard time finding childcare. And at around the same time, actually about a year or two prior, I'm actually a TED attendee. So I've been going to TED since 2012. Nice. And I met a woman at a social justice dinner. Her name is Laura Jana. And she was telling me about the importance of high quality early childhood education. And she said something very provocative at the time, which was, A lot of what I know today, or a lot of the skills I use as a CEO today, I likely learned before the age of five. Mm. And I talk a little bit about that in the TED Talk too, which is, you know, creativity, Mm. persistence, grit. uh, It all points back. I had that experience talking to Dr. Jana. I kept hearing from my friends, and I'm really into the sharing economy. Um, Mm -hmm. Uber, Airbnb, I know these companies, especially early on, got a bad rap, but- Y'all use them every day, you know? Mm-hmm. What they do is they, they use underutilized space, people's underutilized time, mm-hmm. and bring it to market. And uh, I was like, why can't we do that with childcare? And I actually went to a home-based childcare program, and it was incredible. And then I learned that this was this was a big thing. You know, actually, the, like, the vast majority of childcare programs are in home already. And right. so I went to go visit a lot of them. And I noticed that they needed help with their business practices. Yeah. And so I decided to start a company that... um help childcare providers with their businesses and also help them start their own childcare program, similar to Yoli's program. Yeah. I did that with one program. I was like a, I helped one program with marketing. And then I, the second program I started on my own. Then we just started adding more and more programs. And now there's over 36,000 childcare programs on the Wonder School platform. Wow. That's a big number. Because those, the other thing that was interesting as I was reading up a bit is that opening up this model allows for a lot more innovation and 
variability in the ecosystem that can really drive, you know, step changes in delivery or just open up different models that might make sense for folks. 36,000, and generally that can go from just a couple of kids, somebody running something at a very hyper-local level to a little bit bigger. Can you describe some of the variability in the types of programs that are out there? So the Wonderscope platform's evolved a lot since our inception. We work with home-based programs. There's two types, small and large, so six and 12 kids. And that six and 12 depends on your state. So it could be four and 14. It just depends. Got it. There's um, outdoor programs. We call them forest schools. We have those all over the country. And it's a fully outdoor program. The idea actually originated in Sweden. And as we know, there's snow in Sweden and there's a colder, colder winter than yeah. there is in Miami. But they even run their childcare programs outdoors in the middle of the winter. And we found that um, home, um, outdoor pretty exciting and we're seeing a lot of success with those, especially yeah. during COVID. Those really took off. I bet. We support center-based programs, which are what you normally think of a childcare program, 100 kids in a program with multiple teachers. Yep. Those are on our platform today too. We primarily help people start home-based programs, but mm. we have centers on our platform. Yeah. And then you mentioned COVID, you know, we made it a few minutes into our conversation without bringing it up. It is interesting that you founded this prior to the pandemic. There was some adoption, awareness, growth, and then the world changed. And the way we think about childcare and what everyone has been going through over the last couple of years, this is where, again, I get to wear my dad hat, but like just having someone besides myself and my wife who can help wound up being so foundational to really starting even just psychologically to come out of the survival mode that the pandemic was about, not to mention my son needed socialization, needed to be around other kids, needed to have access to other adults besides his parents who he can trust. You know, I can personally testify to how powerful and foundational that yeah. experience was. What's it been like for you on the other side to have been delivering this pre-pandemic and then to be forced through this crucible of the last few years, what's it been like? It's required being very nimble. We've had to make a lot of changes to our business. I remember I went to a conference, an education, like ski conference, and it was a small group. And I was talking to one of my friends who runs an education company as well. And we were just talking and we had this moment. I don't know what happened, but we're like, we might not see each other for a while because mm. this pandemic thing seems really real. And if American cities look anything like Wuhan, yeah, you know, what's that going to mean? And there's no vaccine. So what's that going to mean? And I remember yeah. like that settling and then getting on a plane and then thinking, oh man, I'm not going to be on a plane for a while. And then I remember sitting in some of my meetings and people saying it's just the flu. And I spent a year preparing for medical school. And so I, I know a decent amount of biology and chemistry and yeah like at least foundational stuff. And I'm like, I don't think this is just the flu. Yeah. <laughs> People dying in cities falling apart. And yeah, yeah. I don't see an end in sight. And we didn't react to it as quickly. And then all of a sudden, within like two weeks, America went from it's just the flu to shut down. And yeah. we all lived it. So we all know it. But from a business perspective, what I noticed is that Everyone started pulling their kids out of childcare. Yeah. And it was a really scary time because we were like, I don't know how low this will go. Yeah. I don't know what will happen. Turns out that 
people still needed childcare and there were essential workers and those essential workers needed access to childcare and we provided it. Yeah. But it was a really scary time. We were worried about our providers. We were hoping that they were safe. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, knock on wood, I didn't hear of anyone passing away, any of our providers or anything yeah. like that happening. Yeah. But we were able to come out of it a lot stronger as a company. We, um, we started partnering with employers. Employers needed to figure out how to get access to childcare for their employees. Mm -hmm. Governments were trying to figure out childcare for their states, their cities, their counties. Yeah. And I realized there was a really big opportunity there. And so uh, we started to sell into those two different verticals and uh, yeah, where we are now and we're doing really well. Yeah. And I also want to make sure we connect the dots for folks around the social justice angle and the equi equity and access, because I know that's very yeah. foundational and we might have just zoomed past it. We also will yeah. want to hear what it was like to be on the TED stage. So that's still coming. Yeah. But uh, can you connect the dots a little bit between, you know, what the problem of childcare deserts, just that the whole space that we're talking about, can you shape it up for us? Yeah, childcare could be the biggest like leverage point for social justice right now. It's really interesting. So 90% of our brains develop before the age of five and there's no going back. Your brain gets developed and then you have a brain and then it, and it functions. Yeah. So it's like you're building your brain those first right. five years. And all the things that, all the information you're gathering, all the love, all the care, all the social emotional learning you're picking up on, that sets the foundation for who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and if you get access to poor, Early childhood education, that can set you back a lifetime. It's, un, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. And I don't, I, it's a very, it's a very, really, it's a lot of weight to think about with mm -hmm. kids having many severe traumatic experiences or children experiencing severe neglect can really hurt a person. Right. And there's studies that show that having one loving person in your life can play a big role in your success. And we all hope that parents show up and they do the best thing, but we know that that's not the case for everybody. And making sure children have access to a loving adult to support them yeah. and grow appropriately is honestly one of the greatest gifts you can give to a human being. But not only that, like it's a gift to society. Those kids go on to do better in life. They earn more, they're healthier, their children earn more, their children are healthier. Yeah. Their neighborhoods improve. There's a program called the Tangelo Park program in Orlando. And this amazing man, Harris Rosen, he made, he became very wealthy from the hotel business. He owns the Rosen Hotels in Orlando. He noticed that a lot of the people who were working at his hotel lived in this neighborhood, Tangelo Park. And he wanted to give back. So he went into the community and started just, you know, true entrepreneurial style, doing customer development talking to folks. And he noticed that a lot of the kids didn't get access to childcare and his kids got access to childcare. And he started doing more research and he realized childcare was really important. And he came up with this idea to create free home-based childcare. He would hire the teachers. He would hire an experienced pre-K teacher who would go to all of the homes and parents could enroll their kids for free. He did this about 30 years ago, maybe longer. And what he found, this was a pretty crime-ridden area. Me and my colleague went there a couple of years ago. The neighborhood completely turned around over time. Kids that went to his program entered the elementary school system and ended up doing better. The crime rate started to decrease over time. Drug usage started to decrease over time. 
And he attributes a lot of this to him making sure kids were prepared for the K-12 system. And he also created a scholarship for all the kids who went through the program. And he found that he didn't really even need to provide the scholarships because all the kids were able to get free scholarships mm. because of their success in the K-12 system. And I heard that story and I was just like, and then there's so many of these stories in America. And it just shows you, you want to decrease crime, the crime rate. You want to make sure people live healthier lives. You want to make sure people live less, like less traumatic lives, give them access to high quality childcare. And the other side of the equation, a shout out to Miss Katie and Miss Yessi Matthews, pre-K teacher, 3K, whatever they call it. He's, he was really young when he started, but they've been amazing for him and his growth. That's the other aspect of your universe, you are opening up pathways to meaningful work. It is meaningful work, I will say, as a parent who's seen it somewhat secondhand, but there's a real connection. You talk about it in, in your TED Talk. You really connected to Yoli, and that made a profound impression on you throughout your life. Can you talk about that side of things? You are opening up an opportunity to start your own business, to find some fulfillment. A lot of people really care about giving care to kids. Can you talk about that side of things? Yeah. Right now, childcare teachers don't earn a lot. It's pretty surprising. So we talk about all of the benefits and the importance of childcare. They earn the least amount of all teachers. They earn less than elementary school teachers, middle school teachers, college professors, instructional designers, they are on the small, lowest amount. And it's really unfortunate because we need more of these teachers in the market. One of the things I remember about Yoli is that she, what she had money. And I remember that, you know, she, her family earned more money than my parents who were working two jobs. And I could tell you can, kids can tell this stuff, what kind of car do they drive? Yeah. What neighborhood do they live in? They picked, mm. I picked up on this and I was like, what is going on? She was doing this with a childcare business and I wasn't privy to being able to, to do the math and put, do the modeling as a kid, but I just picked up on it and now I can't do the modeling. And so I put together a model when I was thinking about this and I was like, oh, who knew you can earn three times, four times, sometimes five times as much as you can earn working at a childcare program. If you start your own. Right. And if you start your own out of your home. And the big reason is because you save money on real estate. And you don't have to pay for the assistant teacher is also the director. Right. So all of that goes to your bottom line. And so I put together a model. The model made sense. I went and started a childcare program that worked really well, kept doing it. and kept finding that the model was really working. And now I've become an evangelist essentially for creating childcare programs out of your home because of how much you can earn. You also have a lot more autonomy. And so a lot of teachers, their biggest dream is to take a curriculum and expand on it based yeah. on things that they love and care about, they can do that now when they start a program out of their own home. So those are the things that I've observed from the benefits of creating your own home-based program. Yeah, absolutely. And then we did want to hear a little bit what it was like to be on the TED stage. You were telling me the story a little bit when we were first prepping and I said, save it for the show, because I think that experience, it's got to be pretty wild to be on the big stage, the lights are on, you, you don't know who's out there. Can you spin us that yarn a little bit? Tell us what it was like to be on the TED stage. I got an email from TED, TED.com, and it was from a curator 
And I, like I mentioned, I've been going to Ted my whole, like for the past 10 years. So I was just like, oh, Ted's reaching out to me about something about Ted. I don't know. And I get on the phone with her and I tell her about Wonder School. And we were just talking about the company. And then four weeks later, she sends me an email says, hey, we'd like to invite you to give a TED talk. And I was like, oh, I didn't actually realize this was like a you TED talk. Yeah, yeah. What did you think it was? And then she actually didn't realize I was a TED attendee. And so she didn't understand my confusion, but then she finally did. Um, and then we spent about six months working on it. People don't know how much work goes into these TED Talks. You think it, like the way it looks, it's like you just get up there and just shoot from the hip, but it's very rehearsed yeah. and every single word matters. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And it's a tight, it's a tight eight, 10 to tight eight. eight. Tight eight. Yeah, I think eight. it's a nine. I think it's nine. I think okay. I can't under nine. Yeah. Um, and then we do one dress rehearsal, mm -hmm. one, okay? And I show up and I get on stage and I immediately go blank on the dress rehearsal. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? I've practiced this thing a hundred times. What just happened? My body shut down. And, and I finally got through it and I was so embarrassed that I think I was nervous because I saw Chris Anderson sitting in the stage and I'm like, Holy moly, Chris Anderson. Yeah. My TED talk. Like, Legend. yeah. Anderson. Yeah. And then he told us all after we all did our rehearsals, he said, What I recommend is you go to your rooms, blast CNN, close your eyes, stand on one leg, and recite your TED talk over wow. and over and over again. Wow. And you can provide it cold because you also there's no notes there's no teleprompter so you have right. to and i haven't memorized something since like second grade and uh, so i get up there and i just remember i'm backstage and there's who's backstage with me there's a woman who has another tech company a guy who runs like the one of those boring companies the companies that like build underground oh yeah something like that and then i think lizzo was supposed to go <laughs> like in the next session i'm like okay and i i get on stage and I did black out. I walked on stage and I saw one of my friends, Stephen DeBerry. Okay. And he was in the first row. Yeah. And he was smiling at me. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad Stephen's there. Yeah. So I just looked him in the eye mm. and then just kept looking around the room. My brain shut off. Yeah. And I just started talking. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and you can see the TED Talk. I'm pretty happy with the results. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it, just was, it was, it was, yeah, it was your eight mile mo moment and you stepped up to it. You know, you only had that one shot. Exactly. You know, and uh, <laughs> nailed it. And then where are things going now? You know, I feel like there's heightened awareness around the problem of, of childcare and its role in our society. I think you've made a really persuasive argument for why we should focus on it and how we should open up pathways for folks who want to start these types of programs for themselves. Where do you see this headed? What's what's on the horizon? Also, feel free to talk about wild and wacky trends and things. If you're on the TED stage, if people are just talking about something, some new hotness, we'd love to hear from you about it. But what do you see on the horizon specifically around childcare and some of the mission-based work that you're doing? Right now, we're spending a lot of time looking to work with more and more governments and helping them solve for childcare. There's a lot of funding from the federal government to states and cities and counties. Yeah. And you're supporting them in creating new programs, helping them manage their existing programs and 
we have a lot of examples of our work in different states where uh, we've had a lot of success working with the state to solve for childcare. Yeah. And then we're working with a number of employers, helping their employees get access to childcare. And then lastly, you know, our core business, helping parents find childcare and helping providers start our programs out of their homes and helping providers who have centers use our technology to manage their business. Yeah. That's what we're really just focused on, making sure there's more spots and making sure parents find them and working with all of these different groups to be able to deliver on that. And, and yeah, that's what we're focused on right now. Yeah, that's awesome. It is amazing to me that something like this had not already existed. And that's why you wind up on the TED stage. That's why you, you're about to get the trending in education bump, uh, too, which is a whole nother. You thought my, TED was big. Wait until this my, thing drops. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it is really remarkable that these types of solutions weren't out there. Credit to you to have the foresight to get in there when you did. And then also you're at a level of maturity now and scale that you can start to, to really make more of a profound impact. If folks want to learn more about what we talked about, where should they go? You can just go to wonderschool.com to learn more. You can find us on Twitter. We tweet pretty actively and uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll include the link to the Ted talk and some other notes of the website and the show notes for this episode, Chris Bennett, the founder and CEO of Wonderschool. Thanks so much for joining us on trending in education. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. And for our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, make sure to subscribe, tell all your friends, do all the good things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education.